0: Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24myportfoliocom On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't Forget to follow me on Twitter at creatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you listening, subscribing, sharing, reviewing. Thank you all for doing that. I love doing this podcast, and once again, it's not possible without you. I'm on today's show. What are we talking about? Well, we got Vince Amperio of Locked On Dodgers back for part two. He's in the therapy chair once again. We're discussing did the Giants series take too much out of the Dodgers, discuss their offseason pending free agents, Kershaw versus Scherzer. If they can only choose one, who should they bring back? So we got a whole bunch to talk about on today's pod. But first, Intro drop. (laughs) Don on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It, it, it seemed like that Dodgers versus Giants series was kind of like the World Series for both teams, not... Not, not that. Not saying that the Dodgers didn't want to actually make it to the World Series and win that, but it felt like the most energy and, and passion was going to be for that series. And do you feel like maybe that that series took a little bit out of the Dodgers, considering how much energy and emotion they might have poured into that series, or do you just think a lot of that just hogwash talk? I think it. it uh... There's some
1: merit to it because the Dodgers in the past, they've they've never really been challenged for the division. You know, other 2018, they went to game 163 with the Rockies, but that felt more like the Dodgers underperforming very heavily rather than the Rockies overperforming. Um, You know, they only won like 93 games, I think, that year, both teams. So it's not like the Dodgers were, you know, the Dodgers had been used to winning 95-plus games, 100-plus games, and, and that year was kind of a, an anomaly. So for them, you know, they – had pedal to the metal the last month and a half, two months of the season. They have the best record in baseball and they gained like one game on the Giants at that point. And, and, you know, for you to play that well, for you to put everything into it, for you, like guys probably not taking days off and, and starting pitchers, not, you know, I'm sure if, if they were already up in the division, if the division would have played out, you know, Giants were, kind of mediocre that were expected to be the Mm -hmm. Padres kind of fell off and everyone else was kind of under you know I'm sure Walker Buehler and Julio and even Scherzer would have been having some rest days here and there maybe going every six days pitching instead of every five days or every four days whatever the case is so I do think it played into it a little bit Um, and then obviously when you get into the series you know just straight up the the Max Scherzer have not having to but them using Max Scherzer in game five to to close it out that you know, obviously that compromised them in the LCS because he didn't go that deep. The game he did start, and then he didn't go. He didn't even go the second time he was supposed to pitch because of that arm fatigue. So I think it did play into it. Obviously, there's a lot of emotions there. You know, we we. But you kind of go back. You you think of the Yankees and Red Sox, and they had a lot of great series back mm-hmm. then. And you know that's emotional as well. That's that's probably the only rivalry that can that even sits with Dodgers Giants or however you feel about those, but. You know, those guys, some of those guys ended up going on to win. So it, you, you kind of chalk it up to a little bit of that just because, like, the things I mentioned, the Dodgers weren't able to get that rest there in, in September that they maybe are usually used to. But also, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, I, I don't know if you can combine everything to – I don't think you can give everything to that, but there is some merit to it.
0: Yeah, I think there's a little merit to it. I don't think it's probably as prevalent in baseball as a sport like basketball, football, just because there's not as much of a physical toll. But definitely emotionally, I think the Dodgers players and team probably poured a lot of their heart into that series, especially like you said. They were never really challenged for a division too recently in the past and to see a team battle with them the whole season and actually take the division away from them, a division that they've been able to run away with basically the last decade. I think they definitely want to get at the Giants and send them home and still say, hey, we're the big brothers in this division, and you're still the little brothers until we say otherwise. And it it could have taken a little bit out of them, but I think it's probably more emotional than physical when you look at baseball. But overall, the whole postseason, I think it's still – I think you still probably consider it a success, even though you didn't get to the World Series. It was still a pretty good run uh by the Dodgers. They had injuries, they had uh some fatigue. There, there was you no, know, there was a couple excuses for the Dodgers. I don't think that anyone's gonna cry home for them, but I, I don't think this was like a postseason where they just collapse and and they they should have won, but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot every game. I think they were just outplayed most games in the games they did lose in the games they won they should have won those games as well so I do think this was a solid overall postseason for the Dodgers but when you do look at this postseason loss how do you divvy up that blame pie do you put it mostly on the pitching or or your manager the lineup how do you divvy up the blame pie for why the Dodgers weren't able to repeat as champions yeah, I think the hitting's pretty
1: high up there for me. When you have the offense like you do, you have an, all, an all-star almost at every position. You know, you should be able to score more than two or three runs, especially. You know, obviously you're going to face better pitching in the postseason, but the other teams supposed to be facing better pitching in the postseason too, and other teams were able to put up more runs. You know, the Braves, anytime their top of the lineup came up, you basically were conceding a run every time between Rosario, Freeman, Albies, and Riley. Every time they come up, you're like, well, they're probably gonna score a run. And, and you know, the you didn't feel that for the Dodgers because, like I mentioned earlier, that top of the order wasn't hitting, the bottom of the order was hitting, but it wasn't always on this at the same time or same at the same consistency. So I think the offense for me gets a majority of it. I think the decisions made by Dave Roberts and probably the staff as a whole you know, using guys in different situations that maybe they didn't need to. Maybe they felt they needed to, but I think they could have got away with it. That's also part of it. And then, you know, the pitching for the most part, the bullpen was – you know, the strength of the, of the team and the strength of the postseason. They had a lot of bullpen that you know bullpen games that games that became bullpen games. I know Walker Buehler didn't make it out of the fifth inning in two starts. You know Max Scherzer didn't make it out of the fifth inning in, in one of his starts. Julio made it I think through five in that one start. But you know most of the time they were covering five six innings a game and then occasionally covering a whole game. So I think the pitching was was the bullpen was the strength. Starting pitching was a little bit of of the issue there. And you know blame. That's maybe more so on. You know, they did obviously they didn't do their job, but they they also had, you know, Walker Buehler pitching on short rest for the first time two times in a row. You know, Julio after being a starter the entire year, pitching the most innings he's ever thrown, and then being asked to you know try to close out or pitch an eighth inning of a game, and then come in and, and be a starter in the in two games later, and then Scherzer. I know he's the one that wanted the ball there in Game Five, but. You know, he's he's not 30 years old anymore. He's not 25 years old anymore. You know, he's 36, 37, whatever he is. And, you know, he probably overextended himself as well. So just a lot of combinations of that. But for me, it's the offense because other than Max Muncy, you still had almost an all-star every position and you couldn't put up the runs.
0: Vince and I will continue our therapy session for the Dodgers. But this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this weekend to get in on the action. It's also brought to you by Bill Bar because – I love Bilt Bar. They have tons of flavors. It's coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie. They have so many flavors. I can't even name them all. And the biggest reason... Why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health-conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day. I'll be at the gym after this pod, but I also have a sweet tooth. But it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, behind protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Get back into the pod yeah that's how i feel if i had to do a power rankings offense is number one like you said you get a rock star at almost every position on the diamond like you should be putting up six runs a game easily and of course it's gonna be harder in the postseason you're gonna face tougher pitching but uh, teams have been able to do it in the postseason just look at the astros red Sox postseason runs uh second i think i would put the dodgers manager just because it seems like they were going a lot of they were playing a little uncharacteristic in terms of their game plan with their pitching. Like we talked about uh, just putting such a big workload on those frontline starters. They're really not trusting your bullpen. I'll probably have to put it on the manager second. And then I guess you could put it on the, the, I don't even know who you would put third because I really don't want to put the, the, the pitching on this powering. So I'll probably just put those two as my top two, but for people like me who, feel like last year the championship was a little fluky not that you guys were you know a bad team or anything but I felt like being in a pandemic less people in the arena less pressurized environment I definitely do think it helped a guy like Clayton Kershaw finally get past those postseason struggles so for people like me who feel like last year's ring was a little fluky do you think I should feel validated by this postseason run by the Dodgers how do you respond to that
1: I mean, it's validated because it's not, you know, the postseason is not easy. If the, if it was easy, the Dodgers have been the best team by record, what, like three or four of the last five, six years. And in the old days, you know, the, we talk about the Yankees and, and teams like that a lot. But in the old days, all you had to do is have the best record in, in, your, in your league, and then you're automatically in the World Series. You didn't have to play – you know up to up to whatever 10 12 games extra 15 games extra whatever the case is depending on how you go through it so you know I think at the end of the day when it comes down to it you know the uh, everyone's on a clean slate when you get to the postseason and it's kind of like a tournament and you know it is a tournament and um, the best team doesn't always win if the best team always won every year then you know probably more people wouldn't watch and you would just care about the regular season and I think that's kind of what happens with with the Dodgers. You know, last year, they were the best team wire to wire. And then they ended up playing the number one seed on the other side. And, and they had to play the extra series and and everything else there. And, you know, no one really could, could stop them, obviously. They ended up winning. So I think every year, and the fact that we haven't seen a repeat champion in, in over 20 years, I think that also adds to just how hard it is to do and, and regardless of what, what season it is or, or what kind of season it was. And, you know, obviously last year, the Dodgers were – little bit benefited by not having too many injuries this year they they didn't have that benefit but at the end of the day you know you you, injuries are part of every single year and you know this year a lot of teams have injuries and and not just the Dodgers and you know last year some teams had injuries some teams didn't you know the Padres series they didn't have a couple of their starting pitchers but that's just the way it goes sometimes and you can't really control that you can only control what you do another thing for the Dodgers too is like Getting to the postseason hadn't been the issue. We had been winning in the postseason, so, you know, it's a little bit different there. You know, they did have limited fans there for the last two series, and, you know, maybe that – it just depends. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, most of you guys are professional baseball players, whether it's 10,000 fans or 40,000 fans. It probably doesn't deter them too much, um, although that is, it you know, the easy thing to hop on when the guy doesn't perform in October.
0: Yeah, on one hand, I feel a little validated because this was like, what, 107, 106-win team that lost to an 88-win team. Like, the Braves were a team that everyone is surprised that they're here in the World Series. Like, this is a team that hasn't won a postseason series in like 19 years. They, This was a team that basically was lucky to be in the postseason like they were only there because of the division they played in they played in the AL East I think they would finish fifth because I think the top four teams all had 90 wins in the AL East so that's a little context to how bad the NL East was this year so on one hand I feel a little validated because the Dodgers a great team in the regular season ended up losing to a team that had 20 less wins than them but like you said once you get to the postseason, it's pretty much fair game in baseball like even though we play these seven game series Unlike basketball, the better team doesn't always win on paper. Like basketball, if you have the more talent, if your team was better in the regular season, you're probably going to win that postseason series. In baseball, like we saw with the Dodgers, it doesn't matter. Like we saw with the Nationals in 2019 as a wildcard team, like it does not matter in baseball. Once you're in the dance, anyone has a chance to winning. So that's why I don't feel a little validated. And the other reason why I don't feel totally validated either is because my whole point of to, as to why I felt like this A ring last year from the Dodgers was a little fluky it's because of Clayton Kershaw like it all rests with Clayton Kershaw and his postseason struggles the fact that he's bizarro Kershaw in the postseason like basically my whole rant about that was tied to Clayton Kershaw so the fact that I didn't get to see him perform in the postseason once again it takes a little shine off my feeling of the flukiness with the Dodgers so for now we'll just call it a wash based off the championship from last year and what they did in this year's postseason but Before we wrap up here, I just want to do a little look ahead to the offseason for the Dodgers because they got some free agents coming up. Clint Kershaw, I think, is a free agent. Max Scherzer is a free agent. Who from this team that's going to be free agent do you think the Dodgers will try to bring back? And what number are you comfortable with? Not Not as the Dodgers GM, but as Vince Amperio. What number are you comfortable with with some of these pending free agents? You will hear that response from Vince Zamperio, but we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. But first, thank you once again for making Lockdown Dymax your first listen every day. The pod is free and available on all platforms, so please tell your friends. But now, let's get back to the discussion.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There. There's Scherzer and Kershaw off the bat. You got Kenley Jansen and even Joe Kelly, to a certain extent, in the bullpen. And then you got Chris Taylor and Corey Seager there in, in the position players. And, you know, Kershaw's one of those where Assuming he's not going to be asking for a thirty mil a year anymore because he's he's not that type of pitcher that you know you get him for 15, 20 mil a year and you want to keep him as a Dodger so maybe you sell him a little bit a couple extra million and and make sure he stays in a Dodger uniform so that one's for sure Max Scherzer you asked me three weeks ago I just said yeah all in on Max Scherzer try to sign him. Um, and then, after kind of what happened, you're like, eh, maybe you know you don't want to sign a thirty seven year old mm. pitcher to a you know two or three year deal. And, you know if it's a two- year deal, yeah, but if it goes anything beyond that, I'm like,, eh, maybe not. And then you got Chris Taylor, who's probably, not the best player of all their free agents, but probably the most important to the Dodgers and their success. You know, the fact that he can play any spot in the infield, the spot that he can play any spot in the outfield. He was an all-star last year. He was one of the only ones that hit in the postseason. I think he kind of becomes your, your most important player. And I think they would go after him a little bit more than they did after Kike and Jack Peterson last year, who wanted to be full-time players somewhere else. I think that Chris Taylor plays about, of the games, I think, his his last three or four years. So it's not like he might not have a full-time position per se, but he's a full-time player. And you can, you know, tell that by the fact that he was an officer. And then, you know, Corey Seager is one of those who I've kind of said he's gone the whole whole season. I I don't think he was going to come back. That just got further, you know, for me, that was you know further expanded with, with the fact that they got Trey Turner. So now they do have a shortstop there in case he doesn't come back. He had some nice words to say about the Dodgers and kind of how he wanted to stay. But at the end of the day, for him, I think it's going to come down to whoever gives him the most money. And I'm not sure if that's the Dodgers. So I think of all those guys and, and Kenley Jensen, too, it just has a... <laughs> You know he was really good in the postseason he was lights out it was you know a different guy and and even the last month two months of the season after he blew those two saves and in, in, against the giants right out coming out right out of the uh, all-star break so it just depends what these guys want and what and, and you know money wise and everything else but am i i'd be fine with bringing them all back uh to a certain extent but i do think i think chris taylor and clayton kershaw are kind of like the two i want back one for actual baseball reasons, the other one for baseball and sentimental reasons. And then everyone else, you know, I'm not sure entirely what's going to happen, but I would imagine that they're going to try to bring all of them back to a certain extent. And then you got to wait to see what happens with new CBA. And, you know, if, if Trevor Bauer gets suspended, they'll have, you know, some money freed up and, and different things can happen here and there. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's Taylor and Kershaw for me and then everyone else kind of just depending on, on you know,
0: contract if you could take the sentimental value out of it if you could only choose one and assuming they both have the same annual contract would you rather do kershaw for four years or scherzer for two years i mean in that case
1: probably scherzer for two years because you're gonna get you know scherzer was a a young candidate this year and for the most part he hasn't lost much off his fastball You would think that he would continue to be a a top tier pitcher Um, but yeah that's without any sentimental value kershaw at this point On the Dodgers, is probably a number three, even number four starter behind at this point Walker and Julio, where on another team, he might be a one or two, depending where where it would be. Yeah, so so depending where it would be. So, uh, you know, you're not going to go all in on a number three or four starter, but, you know, when you add in the sentimental value, that's when it changes a little bit.
0: You just gave me a great idea, Vince. We already got Bumgarner from the Giants. We bring in a little Clay and Kershaw. All of a sudden we're getting in all the old past their prime starters from your guys' championship run from like a decade ago. So I think maybe that's the way to go that the D backs need to do. Just go, just go pillage your guys if you're He's basically like the heart of the Dodgers of so the D-back to go out there and grab a clean Kershaw just for the fun of it. Who cares if we overpay him? Who cares if it's an Albatross contract like Bumgarner? Let's just do it for the fun of it. But one final question before we wrap up here on the Locked On Diamondbacks crossover with Locked On Dodgers host Vince Amperio. What areas are you looking to improve? We've talked about, you know, the pending free agents and which ones you want to bring back. But in terms of the starting pitching, the bullpen, shortstop, outfield, what areas of the team do you think they need to improve and address during the offseason?
1: I think it's the starting pitching, uh, which is more so just figuring it out. You got you got Walker Bula, Julio. You got two guys that are finished top six in the Cy Young already on deck. So that's a good sign, but obviously you got to supplement them. Dustin may won't be back next year. You know, Tony Gonson kind of took a step back this year and then you have the free agents and Scherzer and Kershaw and then uncertainty. You know, I don't think Trevor Bauer's is ever going to pitch for the Dodgers again, but you know, there, there is a money aspect there that that sits beyond what he's done off the field. So there's stuff there, but I think the other part is the depth. I think this year, the first year we kind of saw the Dodgers depth they got tested and and it stood the test of time around along the whole season, 106 wins. But when you have Steven Souza and Andy Burns taking at bats in the NLCS and some of the key uh, spots of the game, I, I think you got to kind of think about that depth. And you know, a lot of people were mentioning Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson because of what they've done with the Braves and the Red Sox and how how they've done this postseason. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers had a couple guys that that didn't step up. You know, they had a couple prospects that. Or, or the guys that, that usually step up and, and didn't happen, you know Edwin Rios in the past he got hurt, but then you know they didn't have Edwin Rios step up this year. They didn't have like a guy like Matt Beatty who stepped up in 2019. They didn't have a guy like that step up this year. So whether it's the development of, the, of players that are in the minors, or whether you go out and get some of these guys uh, that that are just more depth position and utility guys, wherever the case is, I think that you got to sharp the depth and then you got to sharp the starting rotation. Honestly, the bullpen, even with Jansen, even if Jansen leaves and Joe Kelly leaves, it, it might. Might be still the strength of next year. They're going to get Tommy Kainley and Caleb Ferguson back from injury. who are two big arms and, and, and right, one righty, one lefty. And then you can, you know, count on the guys that they already had this year. So, yeah, for me, it's overall offensive depth and then starting pitching
0: yeah uh, that that's interesting to hear. Kenley Jensen and All-Star can leave, but yet it' still be the strength of your team. I wish my team had that issue. But one bonus question for you, Vince. One last bonus question. Are you pro or against the bullpen being renamed to Armbar?
1: Uh, you know, if it were to
0: change to Armbarn,
1: I wouldn't be upset because armbar is actually a cool name like it's an <laughs> interesting, cool name. Uh, you know the fact that it's PETA and PETA's. Kind of questionable in my eyes in, in the long in the grand scheme of things so i wouldn't want them to change it because of PETA at this point but if someone said if someone said hey we're gonna start calling it the arm bar and i would be like "Hey, that's pretty cool that's interesting so yeah i like the name but uh, i'm not in favor of changing
0: it yeah the arm bar and it sounds like something out of spongebob like the salty spittoon or something <laughs> yeah. like that vince imperio of locked on dodgers thanks for hopping on with me today where can the locked on listeners find you on social media
1: yeah, you can find me personally at Vince Samperio on Twitter or you can find uh, the, the show,
0: podcast, at Locked on Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram or wherever you
1: get podcasts.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened to this week's pods. Go back and listen to yesterday's pod with Vince Zamperio, part one, if you might have missed that. We had a great week of pods, so go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. We'll be back next week with the best Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight, as always, on the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Once again, thank you for making it your first listen every day. Remember, I can't do this without you. So thank you. And for me, what I need you to do is please, please try your best to stay safe during this holiday weekend and stay healthy. Deuces!